This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R dot com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. As we speak, I'm in my 38th year of being self-employed, but when my business was bigger, I needed Indeed, frankly, because I wasn't all that good at finding and hiring the right candidates. But by leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with the right candidates faster. And Golf Smarter listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Please visit Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That's Indeed.com slash Golf Smarter. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? You need Indeed. Golf Smarter number 671 is brought to you by TGW, the sweetest spot in golf. Right now, all Golf Smarter listeners receive 20% off on apparel. And if you go to TGW.com slash Golf Smarter, you'll land on a page that gets you directly to all the sale items being offered. Let me just explain what happens when you go to TGW.com slash Golf Smarter. You'll land on a page that welcomes you, the Golf Smarter listener, with exclusive discounts in multiple categories. And these are there are separate sections. Here's there's golf shirts, next one's golf pants, there's a section discount golf outerwear. Uh, here's one called golf skorts, skirts, and shorts, golf rainwear, golf belts. Yeah. Wow. An entire section just on golf belts. Who knew? Then there's golf headwear, obviously, and finally golf socks and undergarments. So there's lots to choose from, and when you click on one of those boxes, it'll take you even deeper to show you what they have discounted just for you. Clearly, there's so much more to TGW because of all the equipment and training aids and and gear and clubs. There's it's just 
It's huge, right? That's why they call it the sweetest spot in golf. But now through February 5th, they want you to take advantage of the additional 20% off items in these categories. The exclusive Golf Smarter 20% off apparel sale ends February 5th, 2019 at 11.59 p.m. Central Time. Of course, some exclusions apply, nor can this discount be combined with any other discount offers. And due to manufacturer policies, some other items may also be excluded. And this includes all Titleist, FootJoy, Under Armour items, and select Nike items. But to see all the apparel that qualify for our 20% off sale, go to tgw.com golfsmarter. Or if there's other items you want to buy, make sure you put golfsmarter in the checkout code to let them know that you were there. Again, that's tgw.com golfsmarter. Or click on today's show notes or their ad at golfsmarter.com. Welcome to our annual Maddie B Awards for the 2018 PGA Tour season. This is Golf Smarter, sharing stories, tips, and insights from great golf minds to help you lower your score and raise your golf IQ. Here's your host, Fred Green. Well, I'd usually open up the show by saying, welcome back to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Matty B. But no, I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fifth annual Matty B Awards for the PGA Tour season. Hey, Matty B. Well, it is award season, Fred. This is our favorite time of year. We've That's right. We've got our right. touches on. We've got our drinks, and we're ready to go. Yeah, but you know, the uh, if you were watching the Golden Globes, everything had to be politically correct. That's not going to yeah. happen here, is it? We don't do that. This is not some uh, self-congratulatory uh, group of self-obsessed stars. These are the common people. We're going to talk like the common people, Fred. Well, I don't have that many bleeps in this machine, so you got to be careful. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're sponsoring stuff now. We'll have to be good. <laughs> we are going to be nice, nice boys. Be good. Um, hey, Maddie B., how are you, man? I, it really, um, it's crazy that um, we now only get to talk to each other once a year. I know it's terrible because it's just like it's it goes it's so quick that we get back together and go oh I missed you <laughs> I know thank God well the the blessing and the curse of social media is that you yeah I, f- I feel like I'm caught up with you and know what's going on but that it's an illusion because we haven't actually talked right you know what I mean so right. it's it's this it's this uh, it's this trick of the mind that you think like oh I know Fred's doing his podcast and everything's great and I see his pop up from time to time and I'm sure you see my posts from time to time but then you look at the calendar you're like oh my god we haven't talked it's awful I know. I know there's so many things that I had to check off the list to tell you. It's like, yeah, it's more than social media in my life because yeah. basically that's the podcast. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Social media has been such a blast this year. It's for good for everybody. So anyway, um, how are you? What's going on professionally? You still on the radio? Still on the radio here in Boston. It's, uh, we just celebrated our second year, Maddie and Nick, on the legacy rock station WAF. We do afternoon drive three to seven. And uh, it's been a blast. It's been a blast. It's been a fun two years. So we're looking at a third year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you hope. Well, it's radio, so it could be yeah, you know, third and know. a half year, two and a half years. Who knows? You never know. And then I've got the um, the show on History Channel. Uh, I do a companion show. I've talked about it before on this very podcast. But yep. for those of you know, you might have some new listeners, I do a companion show. They have a hit show called The Curse of Oak Island. And I basically am the behind-the-scenes uh, fan representative. I do a show called Drilling Down, and I do like six one-hour specials a year, and I interview the brothers and pre-show specials and post-show specials, and I'm embedded on the island 
uh, at different times throughout their search, interviewing the guys and trying to find out more information. Um, and that's just been an awesome, life-changing gig. Wow. What do you mean the brothers? Uh, okay, I'm so, sorry. Oh, yeah, <laughs> You've no, no, had the show on for years, and I still have not seen it. Cause... No, it's okay. So Oak Island is an island in Nova Scotia where somebody a very long time ago hid something. They, they spent an, an elaborate amount of work and effort to build some sort of underground vaulted chambered system hiding something. And there's been for over 220 years people trying to search and figure out what's underground on Oak Island, what was hidden and why, including um, – former American president and, and a bunch of people throughout history. So the, the latest searchers are these brothers, Marty and Rick Lagina. They're from the upper peninsula of Michigan. And they're the, they've been the, you know, stewards of the Island now searching on the Island for about a decade. And the show is in its sixth season on wow. history. Yeah. Wow. That's it's quite good. an adventure. Yeah. yeah and, and they found you audition stuff. It's not as if you were totally into this stuff in the beginning. Uh, well, they did ask for hosts who are into um, not, not so much paranormal because it's not really a paranormal show. Although, as we've uncovered in the past six seasons, uh, there's a lot of paranormal activity that seems to be in and around the island. But they mm. asked for someone who's into kind of alternative news or kind mm. of the strange things in life. So uh, oh. it wasn't a pre prerequisite, but they asked for that. And, and I've been into that. And since when your kid. agent saw strange, went, I got just the guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that everything's moving along. Uh, any, are, are you able to do commercials still? Are you just the radio show is no. so consuming. Commercials yeah, or acting, anything like that? Yeah. When I moved from New York back to Boston, I lost all that. I can't. Yeah. You know, you have to day to day audition for commercials and TV shows and films. And all that. Although I did book a film, I have a setup in my basement, um, like a green screen and a voiceover studio. So I do do still do some voiceover work, and I did book a film from the basement. Wow. Um, I did this movie called uh, Rough Night. It was Scarlett Johansson. It was like a girl's version of The Hangover, girls oh. on a bachelorette party. Yeah, yeah. And I play, I play a cop who uh, pulls over her boyfriend and gives him a <laughs> field sobriety test. It's a pretty funny scene. So oh I, got to, I, I auditioned right from home, and we shot it in New York. But I don't get to do much of that because of the radio show and the History Channel. Right. And, and I'm doing a po I, I've entered the podcast realm. For, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, Maddie B. I can't invite the on competitors <laughs> on my show. <laughs> Jeez. So, wait, what does that mean? You're doing a, a weekly podcast? Yes, a weekly podcast. And um, you'll be happy to know it has nothing to do about golf. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a big-name star competing no. anywhere. It's actually, uh, it's, it deals in the paranormal, kind of uh, related. Oh, okay. back to yeah. strange. Yes, back <laughs> to the strange stuff. It's called uh, the Monsterland Podcast. And What's it's it available about? It's about... Um, Paranormal, you know, claims of UFO abductees and, and people who have seen UFOs, Bigfoot, um, paranormal ghosts, everything that fits in that kind of category of things we can't explain. There's an area in Massachusetts. Uh, it's a 5,000-acre state forest near Lemonster, Mass, that has long been a hotbed of paranormal activity, and the locals refer to it as Monsterland. Okay. So uh, what we do is we look at cases that are happening – right here in our backyard and then compare them to stuff that's happened nationally or internationally, actually all kinds of famous cases. And we try to draw parallels and say, well, this is going on here. What might it be? Um, and try to figure out what's going on in our own backyard by looking at other cases through history. And last summer while we were doing the podcast, I don't know if you noticed this or, or saw this, but the, the New York times did an article with the government released video of what they call the Tic Tac UFO, 
where the government admitted. You didn't see this? Look no. it up after this interview. You'll be blown away. Tic-tac it's kind of the UFO. F- yeah, look up Tic Tac UFO. Um, it's the first admission really by the U.S. government in any sort of real way that a U.S. naval carrier is being stalked by this thing and these fighter pilots were chasing it and they released the video. It was going at radical, you know, uh, vertically up and down faster than they could follow it. It was flying in all these weird different ways. Um, and the government just said, we don't know what this thing was and we, we admit to that. So it was kind of a, uh, it was a great way to kind of start, kick off the podcast because that happened like right when we were starting. Wow. You know, what people, what people in that uh, ufology call... Uh, ufology. Call, yeah, they call disclosure, you know, will we ever know the truth? And right. it was kind of a big step in that direction if you believe that that'll happen someday. Ufology. Yeah. Is that what it is? Not UFO? Ufology. Ufology? Yes, yes, yes. Have they legalized weed in Massachusetts yet, man? <laughs> Actually, they did. They did. Yes. Oh, no wonder. Yeah, you guys, you're going to build your audience like, whoa, dude, you know what I well, saw last night? It's I don't funny, know. Frank, I forgot. That's, that's the compelling thing about it for me is that you would. You would think that, that what drew me into it was, well, when I was a kid, I had a couple paranormal experiences, but you, you tend to over the years kind of just live on your, move on with your life. And, and, but it's the witnesses that are so compelling to me because yeah. these people are not that they yeah. are, you know, some of these people that have seen weird things in Monsterland are the most sober, hardworking Massachusetts. They got the accent and they're embarrassed by it. And, and their lives have been in some cases really kind of turned upside down. They don't want to, but they just look at me and they go, you tell me what I saw. And then they'll wow. tell their story and you're like moved. It's like yeah. actually emotional because wow. they're moved by it. So it's been, it's been an eye opening experience. Definitely. I, oh, I can imagine. So I have a recommendation if you kind of love that kind of yes. stuff for a podcast yeah. to listen to. Have you heard the RFK tapes? Oh, Oh, dude. So the RFK tapes is a 10 part. Uh, <gasps> it's a documentary podcast looking oh, at the conspiracy theories that Sirhan Sirhan did not act alone. Oh, I'm on, I'm going to start today on my commute into the radio show it's, right after this interview. <laughs> it, it, I'll tell you, I listened to all of the episodes and all of the bonus episodes, and I still don't have a decision how I feel about one way or the other. That's awesome. it's It's really compelling and interesting. But, you know, conspiracy theorists, you know, they tend to push push the envelope and but they can make a case for themselves and they do quite the job on this and uh it's it was always really interesting to me because uh the night before rfk was shot he had arrived in los angeles i was growing up there and we heard that his motorcade was going to be passing by where we were going to be. So we kind of waited and waited and waited and it finally went by and I reached up and he was in one of those unprotected convertibles, just slowly going through the different towns and reached up and shook his hand. Wow. So I was like, Oh my God, I got to shake his hand. That's so cool. And then the next morning I turn on the radio and it's like, Robert Kennedy is dead. It's like, wow, what? So yeah, my brush with amazingness. Yeah. Yeah. At an early age. Anyway, so um, it's it's time for us to once again talk about the uh, a recap of the PGA Tour season. Now, if if nobody has heard this before, or if you've tried to avoid it, uh, we've got you now. Um, it, it, so Maddie and I just you know we don't talk about the PGA Tour on Golf Smarter all that much because it's as soon as we talk about it, it's old news, and a lot of people I know that they don't listen as soon as the podcast comes out. They may listen a couple of weeks, but that's why I do the kind of 
evergreen content that I do so that you can listen anytime you want, but not for this show. So we're going to recap no. the entire previous season, but with a little tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of irreverence, if I can use that word, um, or just straight-out rudeness, and, uh, and po definitely politically incorrect. So if yes. uh, that's an issue for you, please put it on pause and come back next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> And actually, let me promote... No, I'm not going to. So, uh, no, we've got the, the next two episodes are with somebody from the uh, PGA Tour, no, the USGA Rules Committee. Oh, yeah. And we talk of the first episode, we talk about uh, why and how of the rule changes. And then in the second episode, we talk about what the rule changes are and, and different rule Excellent. changes that affect the amateur golfer. So Excellent. It's a good two parter. I'm really excited about that. Recorded a while it. ago, but I've been waiting for it. Waiting for 2019 to make it happen. But first, we had to do the Maddie B Awards. Yay, Maddie B! <sighs> we, you know, we've had to cut the budgets this year. We don't have the big room. We don't have the band. We don't have the announcer or an audience. But Maddie and I are here. And well, in, in full disclosure, all those people are, are part of a restraining order where they're not allowed to. <laughs> we're not allowed to be near them when we present the awards. So. <laughs> They've learned over the years. That's um, right. Yeah, so Fred, from your touch of greatness with a, 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 a important figure from Boston when you touched RFK's hand, uh, similarly, you are now going to walk through the greatness that is the Matty B Awards, another man from Boston of great import, myself. That's right. A legend in his own room. A rumor. <laughs> no, a rumor in his own, own a rumor in his own room, a legend in his own mind. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Where we do you want to start with this one? We have great categories this year. We've I've brought back some old ones, um, like best worst moment of the year. Good. Uh, we've got a couple new ones. Of course, it's a Ryder Cup year. Yeah. So we'll do a couple. Uh, we'll do a couple Ryder Cup awards. But let's start right out of the gate. Let's start with a huge one. Okay. Uh, and this has never happened before in the history of the Maddies. We have a four-way tie, so there's going to be four Maddies given away right here, Fred. Right now. Right off the top, we have to. Right. We didn't budget for four awards um, for to hand out. We only got two at most for each category, but we'll ha we'll yes. figure out how to do this. We'll give them an IOU. <laughs> okay, it's an award I've done before in the Maddies. It's the lamest major winner, and we have a four-way four tie. tie in 2018. All four major winners, incredibly lame. Congratulations to the field. First of all, you have Pat Reed winning the Masters. I mean. Non-Ryder Cup Pat Reed ain't exactly Captain America. You know what I mean? Unless you like your Captain America weird and hates his own parents and wears cheesy 90s choker jewelry. <laughs> then you go to the U.S. Open where you had so many storylines. Fred, Phil could have finally won. Yep. Ricky could have broken through. Nope. You get, uh, you get creatine drinking frat bro Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Taking our national championship. Fred, question. Yes. Yes or no? Have you ever met anyone named Brooks that you liked? No. Okay, then I'm rest my case. We move no, on no. to the British Open. <laughs> Wait, Your Honor, <laughs> please ask, ask the follow-up question. Have you ever met anybody named Brooks? No. Okay. There you so. go. Well, look, I, I report you decide. <laughs> okay, fine. The British Open was then won by... The uh, Open Championship. Oh, that's right. No, you, I, you don't I care. call it the British Open. Okay. We're in America. <laughs> okay. The British Open was won by that electric European fireplug known as Francisco Molinari. Now, I'm not sure if you knew this, Fred, but his name directly translates as who gives a crap all. 
<laughs> I've never seen anyone win a major golf tournament looking like his girlfriend broke up with him in between biology and Western Civ class. Good God, he looked bored. He looked like remember Droopy the dog? Yeah, it was like Droopy takes Carnoustie. Uh, no. That win was literally the worst thing to happen in the United Kingdom since Madonna decided to move there and adopt their accent. <laughs> then we go to Glory's last stand. It's our last chance, the PGA, Fred. It's our last chance for an interesting major winner. I'm on the edge of my seat, but what do we do? We double our boredom with double mid dumb Brooks Kepka. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Fred, but when he became the first – this is an amazing moment. When he became the first player since Tiger Woods – to win those two majors in the same year, he almost had a human emotion. It was unbelievable. It was really beautiful. He was given a 21-gun salute, Fred. I'm not sure if you knew that, but no, it's, a bunch of 20, it's a bunch of 21-year-old frat bros who flex at the same time, their <laughs> biceps. So it was a really beautiful moment. <laughs> That's a radio Brooks, joke. Right? You use that on the radio. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> no, I can't do any golf material. It's been banned. Oh, really? <laughs> Let me do it. You're, come on. No, no. But, you, aren't, hey, don't golf. you guys talk sports a lot? Do a sports report. He he hates golf though, so we, it's a running gag. Uh-huh. He has to allot me a minute during the show, or I can talk about golf a Maddie oh, minute. Then Maddie, we're <laughs> gonna have to do this more often. You're gonna have to come well, on here and talk about. I've got it. all this stored up horrible material. <laughs> so congratulations to all four lame major winners. It really was a crappy major year for me, at least. I look. Some people love Brooks Kepka. Some people love Dustin Johnson. I think they're just kind of dead-eyed and boring. They're kind of like the jock thing. I just don't I don't like them. Um, I'm sure they're wonderful human beings, but I just, as a golf fan watching golf, I'm talking, of course. What do you um, want to see? Just, what is it that you, you want to see out of that? I like passion. I like storylines. I like passion. I like interest. They both just seem like, you know, and it's not their fault. It's just their, their personal gate, if you will. You know, they're just kind of like dead-eyed kind of machines. You know, and they're they're boring in their post game interviews. They're boring in their pre game interviews. They're sick athletes. Um, they bomb it. There seems to be very little art. You know, um, mm. it's just a sense. You know, like a guy like Jordan Spieth, I love because okay. he's he's diminutive. He's diminutive. Um, Ricky Fowler, these guys, they're interesting. They're not these freaks of nature who can bomb it 400 yards. You know, it's they play they play golf. And uh, that's just who I like. Those those type of characters really interest me. Um, oh, you mean those these, guys who didn't win this year? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, fine. Everyone was <laughs> rooting for, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that but was they, really interesting. A four-way tie. and, and Well, kind of three. It's a three-way tie because Brooks won it twice. Right. Okay. Exactly. He, and he, yes, he even screwed that up for me. Yeah. He really did. Hey, wait, before we go to the next award, I, I yes. need to uh, I need to tell you that this episode of the Golf Smarter Podcast is brought to you by Peter Millar. Do, do you have Peter Millar clothes in your closet? Indeed, do Peter you do. Millar. Beautiful. I think it's like a pullover sweater thing. Uh, zip up, you know, half zip up. It's gorgeous. They make great stuff. Classy. Peter Millar is the classy uh, uh, golf manufacturer. They make great clothes. It covers up for my golf game. <laughs> at, least, at least I look good. Yeah, because you look good. Because you look good. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you do play golf, then you do own Peter Millar clothes. It's just it's just a fact because you're gonna want Peter Millar clothes 
in your closet because you're going to want them when you're on the course, not just because of the quality, the value, the style, but they're the most comfortable golf clothes that you can possibly get. And right now, I wanted to tell you about these five pocket pants. What I love about these is that they offer so much comfort and style that no matter what I'm doing, what I like, how's this one? It's like, uh, I'm playing golf today, but we have plans tonight and I need to get directly to the plans from the golf course. And so usually I'd come home, shower, change the whole thing, but I can do that with my Peter Millar pants. These five pocket pants are perfect from going from the golf course to another event. They're lightweight. They're highly breathable. They're made from the highest quality Pima cotton and have comfort stretch for ease of movement when you're playing golf. Uh, they have Peter Millar's exclusive wash and finish to enhance their softness. So they keep getting softer the more, the more you wash them. They can be worn year-round, and since they're machine washable, they're easy to take care of. The five pocket pants are the most comfortable pair of pants you will ever wear. I can say that about everything I've worn from Peter Millar. And right now you can head over to petermillar.com slash golf smarter to check out some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free Peter Millar golf cap. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash golf smarter. Peter dot com slash golf smarter. All right, next award, next Maddie B award for the 2018 PGA Tour season goes to. This is the category, Fred, worst performance by a duo or group. Worst performance. <laughs> wait, 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 these by are not the Golden duo Globes. Or group. <laughs> um, and congratulations goes to. Oh, I have a feeling. I know where you're going to go with this. <laughs> the U.S. Ryder Cup. Yeah, it was, I win. <laughs> Fred, as if we couldn't hate France anymore. You guys go over there and play like a bunch of cowards. Didn't any of you watch Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> now, I don't want to use hyperbole, Fred. You know I would never do that. No, but never. everything we did in World War II was wiped out because of this team. It was a new kind of D-Day, but that's D for daddy because who's our daddy? It's Europe, Fred. Thanks for nothing, you gutless team. <laughs> oh, ouch. I mean, it was, it really was not even anticlimactic. It was like, I'm not gonna, I'll just, I'll read the headlines tomorrow. I don't know what, I, I, I mean, I, I just don't know what to do about this. This has been going on ever since the Ryder Cup task force, which is a ridiculous overreaction to this. I, I guess, you know, cause if you look at them on paper every year, you think, oh my God, we're going to kill them, you know, but there's just something about the Europeans have this spirit. It's kind of what. It's a little analogous to what I was just talking about, Fred, about what I look for in a player. It's that art. It's that humanness. It's that mm -hmm. soul. It's that grit. It's, it's, it's fighting. It's playing golf. And, and you have these kind of PGA Tour um, robotic type of guys who are just out there and they're used to being taken care of and pampered. And not to say they're not pampered on the European Tour. It's, it's more of a, a ethereal spirit I'm talking about here. you know. And you've got these <clears throat> athletes who are in their own bubbles in a way. Yeah. And the Europeans seem to be bonded in a way that we don't seem to be, despite the pod system, which did work. Um, but we've, we've lost it again somehow. And, and quite frankly, we just got outplayed, mm -hmm. wow. which is part of it too. And it was an away game and all that. Um, but, boy, there just didn't seem to be, with, with, with exceptions, 
like Patrick Reed. There just didn't just doesn't seem to be. It seems like they don't care that much. They don't care as much as we do in a way. It feels like. Well, you know, I, and we talk about this on the show for for amateurs, for ourselves all the time. Is don't get over emotional. Don't get too caught up in any single shot, right? And these right, guys, right. Like, these guys have hit so many shots. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll deal with it. You know, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they have to untrain themselves in a way to that end. You know, it's like when you're in a tournament. Yes, yes, because when you're in a tournament, when you go to a live tournament, which I've done many, many times, they all look the same. They walk around with this zen look on their face because they're doing what you said. They played a lot of these things. They hit a lot of golf shots. They have to stay in this kind of zen mode. Well, plus they have to avoid the distraction of the people that they're walking right next to. Correct. They have to check out from that. I would think that is really difficult because there's people who are going to, especially in a Ryder Cup situation, there's going to be guys that are going to be hounding you the entire time. Yeah, no doubt. And that is a huge part of it. And then I think maybe maybe that hurts you in a Ryder Cup situation. You know, maybe you have to engage more with your teammate. You have to engage more w- with the energy of the crowd or whatever it is. Um, but That'd yeah, we're just missing we're missing something. But we come back home uh, next year, so maybe we can do something. Yeah, man, it wouldn't be interesting if the uh, Ryder Cup captain said, "All right, this year we're going to get the fans into this. We're gonna we're gonna go right up into their face and scream and yeah, we're gonna do." It. And they're all going to look at him like, mm, "Yeah, let's get another captain." Well, we've had those individual moments, mm. you know. At the 18th. You know, Rory it's usually at an 18th or well, 17th. Like Rory, and, Rory and, um, and Patrick Reed shushing each other. and That whole that was more like a WWE event. You know what I mean? <laughs> those two going back and forth. It was like a wrestling match. They were screaming at each other, and that was fine. Um, and then Bubba started it all. I don't know if you remember, like, the, the year of the Ryder Cup task force, or maybe the Ryder Cup before. I don't remember. But Bubba, uh, it was in Europe, and he he, he – made the crowd yell during his, during his tee off. And that's now become a thing. So there are individual moments of that, but the team itself seems to be missing something. It's almost like they're scared. They're scared of the Europeans. We're like snake bitten or something. Yeah. Well, Uh, Dustin's, you know, like uh, Bubba's an emotional guy. He wears his emotions on his sleeves and he's, and he's not winning. No, not in the Ryder cup. So we got to, I don't know. I think, I, I think maybe some gritty captain's picks, you know, instead of going with the same old guys, you know, some, some gritty pa- captain's picks. The guys, instance, who qualify, well, the guys who qualify. Yeah, well, who, I don't who know, would you but pick? I, I mean, you know, gamers. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, I wouldn't want to play Billy, Billy Horschel in a match. You know, I wouldn't want to play uh, what's that golfer's name? Who, who? Oh, come on. What's the guy's name? I'm drawing a blank. Well, well, Zach made the team, but Zach always sees them. guys like that. Guys who are who are gamers, you know, guys who would just be tough in a match, fighters, you know. They and those aren't necessarily your your top eight or ten guys necessarily right. on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the dang player I'm thinking of that I can't think of is a, is probably the ultimate example of it. He, he had a great year. Dumb. Oh, Kevin Kisner. Kevin Kisner is a little grinder and he like that type of guy. And I don't care where he sits on the money list or whatever. Like a guy, a guys, guys like that. Like I think the captains need to pick guys who there's this thing where it's like, you got to pick the guy who's hot going into it. I kind of disagree with that. I really do because I think captains have been doing that, 
and uh, you know you're mm-hmm. there's no choice you have no room to work other than because those guys who make the 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 top guys are going to be in there but with the captain's picks maybe we can get guys who have more of kind of a european fighter mentality and a guy like kevin kisner to me is is that type of guy mm-hmm. you know um and I, you know, I would look for. It's like how it's analogous to how like Bill Belichick puts together a football team. Oh, here we he'll, go. Here we go. Scare. The Bostonians bringing back well, the Patriots. Yeah. No matter what the conversation is, a Bostonian's going to bring up either Brady or Belichick. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know if you've heard, Fred, that it's been pretty successful. Um, <laughs> Belichick will skip the who everyone else is looking at. He'll find guys who are on the uh, you know quote unquote scrap heap or the. B B tier players, the guys who are fighters, football guys, guys who have a nose for the ball. It's an ethereal thing you're looking for. In the old, and I think the U.S. team needs more of that. Old tradition of the Raiders, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. way they used to just be a bunch of outcasts. Yeah, yeah. Ball hawks, you know, guys who are, you know, look at look at the guys. Well, not to get into a whole football rant, but like guys like Julian Edelman. You know, he's like yeah, a glorified with the Patriots. S- <laughs> slot receiver. He's not, you know. He doesn't have the physical gifts that a lot of these guys have, but he's a fighter. And I don't know. I think I think we need more of that on the team. All right, let's move on to the next one because we beat this on horse. <laughs> another Ryder Cup award, and I've done this one before. Uh, every because it is a Ryder Cup year, and when that happens, we have to do at least uh, a couple. Um, this goes to we've, we've, as I said, Fred, we've done this before. You may remember the hottest Ryder Cup wife or girlfriend. Right. This is the one that I was going to just let you do on your own, and I'll just stand back and watch. So as people start throwing things, I don't have to be near it. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Bryson DeChambeau may look strange with his one-length clubs, but apparently consistent shaft length is working for him because, my <laughs> goodness, hands down, I present to you, Fred. Hands down your pants. Sophia Bertolami. <laughs> Uh, you can see her on Instagram at Sophia and Stella. This gal's a looker. I'll tell you what. If you, well, you know, if you like your girls gorgeous and blonde and young, uh, then, then go to PGA go. Tour events. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Europe had a tough year with the wife and a uh, couple. Did you see the the hullabaloo about uh, Tommy Fleetwood's wife? N- uh, no. Tommy Fleetwood, a young European golfer, a great golfer. He's got the Good. long, beautiful locks, the hair. Right. Um, right. He, he, let's just say it was a May December romance. Uh, his wife was significantly it looks well. It was probably more like uh, Harold and Maude. Actually, might be a better equation. So oh. all golf golf Twitter was was up in arms about that because he's this young guy and he was he's with a significantly older woman. So um, yeah, can you define better. significantly? I mean, how much older? Was uh, it's tough to say. I think he's in his twenties, and I would put her guessing uh, from the pictures. Uh, 50s mid 40s really maybe oh yeah 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 i mean you know who knows but uh so yeah america once again we're winning the wrong cup (laughs) (laughs) this one for let's class it up now okay fine good let's move on to our honorary uh this is our honorary lifetime achievement award Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Maddie's. It's Lame Time Achievement Award. This goes to the lamest year in years, 2018 itself. Congratulations. This has been the lamest year in golf for a a very, very long time. We had a list of boring major winners, as I just detailed, Fred. A boring FedEx Cup winner, Justin Rose. Ugh. First of all, non-American. Second of all, boring. He's like if James Bond had a nerdy stepbrother. Um, (laughs) 
the young guns were kind of quiet this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, well, not but it exciting. Is the, 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 the youth is really uh, taking over the game. There's a, so uh, many because, young well, players out there that are succeeding that you, you know, like in the it previously used to be like, it was more like the uh, Major League Baseball versus the NBA, right? Where you'd come out of college and then you'd go and get some more refinement into the pros and then you'd make it in, right? And then you'd make it be successful in your 30s. But these days, it's like you come right out of high school or you're, you play one year of college ball and then you go straight to the NBA. And that's what these young golfers are doing, seem to having success. Well, Fred, I actually now you're sitting down, right? I am. Why does it look okay, like I'm standing I, I, up? I'm not well, that wanna, short. I, I want to make sure you're sitting down because okay. I did a little research. Oh, wow! Right? Wow. Okay. They really won't let you talk about golf on your show, will they? <laughs> While it's true, Fred, that young guys now are coming out and and winning quicker than they ever did before, it is still an old man's game in a lot of ways. In fact. The 2017-18 season, 64% of the PGA Tour's winners were 30 or older, and only 14% were under the age of 25. So, oh. and, and yeah, so it's still the old dog's game, which is a wonderful segue into our greatest comeback award, which goes to one of the old guns himself, yeah, Mr. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Uh, it felt like 2000, Fred, when Tiger Woods, you know, he birdied six of the first seven holes that Isn't day. That I forgot. Amazing. Back and looked. Um, that was. And the fans flooding the fairway there. Yeah, it was, it was incredible, wasn't it? It really was. And, and what I loved about it is when he started playing well uh, this season, and no one was expecting him to play well but, and, and look healthy and strong and hitting the ball down the fairway. But on Sunday morning or Saturday morning, uh, at the first tee box of golf courses all over the world, people are going, did you see Tiger yesterday? Did you see Tiger yesterday? It's all yeah. everyone was talking about. It was incredible. Yeah, and, and my wife, who does not care about golf, she, she sees it when I'm watching it, and she'll just walk by. You know, For years and years, that's been the case. She stopped in her tracks when she saw that scene of him coming up the 18th with Rory, le- you know, Rory letting him go. It was an amazing that scene. Was it was one of those emotional. once in a generation. Yeah, and it might be – it's arguably the greatest comeback, not in the history of golf, but in the history of sport. There's been a lot of conversation about that because so many great comebacks were from – Coming back from you know injury, physical ailment, uh, car accident, things like that, but to come back from physical, emotional, mental mm. breakdowns, uh, mm. and and you know like to the very bottom, and people love to kick them around, but boy, do we love comeback stories. We love to kick them when they're on top, and we love to root for them when they're at the bottom, coming back up. I mean, what was it? Uh... I don't know, 13, 14 months before or so, uh, just over a year before he was on that video where he couldn't even stand up straight in the sheriff's department, you know, so whacked out. I mean, it's, it's really incredible. And then didn't know he was even going to be able to walk pain free, Never mind golf pain free. So it was an amazing amazing story. Really happy Um, for him. I really am too. Uh, I'm happy for golf too, obviously happy for golf because there is a tiger effect. No question about it. As far as getting people out on the course. He, Who was he, it well, said? you talk about your charisma and the lack of charisma that you're seeing on the PGA Tour, and then Tiger comes back. Yeah, and not just, like he's the most charismatic character, but there's something so compelling about him. Fascinating. He's fascinating. Yeah. 
you know, he's not he's not a great interview. He's not a, he, get, he gets in that zone too. But he's just you can't not watch that man. Did you, you read know? the book? Did you read the book Tiger Woods this year? I read Hank Haney's book, The Big Miss. No, 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 no. no. But the, I didn't read. No. The 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 non authorized full out biography Ooh. just called Tiger Woods. Read no, it. I did not. Are you okay. a book? I don't know if you're a book reader, but it sure, is. Yeah. Oh my God! From from the first paragraph, you're totally hooked, and that's on the acknowledgments. I mean, in the opening, you know, before the book starts, but even the first paragraph of the the story, and the first chapter is called finale. It's oh, I love it. it is so it, you, it's hard to put down. It's really really well done. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. You're gonna love it. <clears throat> um, well, Fred, the the ushers have have moved into the hall here and they're starting to kind of like usher they're giving me that dirty look so we're in the home stretch i'm gonna have to wrap these up here okay um because you know we only had the hall for a half hour right because they've already into 40 minutes in they know what we do at the maddies and and they've over the years shortened us (laughs) which is actually smart um okay so let's do this let's go with the Best and worst. Let's save best and worst moment of 2018 for last. Let's go to the MVP of 2018. Okay. The MVP, MVP. of 2018. 2018. MVP. The MVP, the most valuable player of the 2018 PGA Tour season. Envelope, now, please. Probably should go to Brooks Kepka, right? I mean, he had the dumb, but I can't, as, as I've detailed for <laughs> other personal reasons, I can't give it to him. Webb Simpson could be a dark horse. He's had an unbelievable mm-hmm. resurgence. One... And uh, with the anchored putting, he was able to get through that and actually Amazing. putt unbelievable. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau won multiple times. Justin Thomas won three times after winning the FedEx Cup the year before. And that's the greatest in the FedEx Cup era, Fred. That's the greatest defense of the FedEx Cup that's happened to, to date. Interesting. Uh, could go to Tiger. He saved the year in a lot of ways with that moment at the end of the year winning the Tour Championship. Uh, I, heck, I could give it to Bryson DeChambeau's girlfriend. <laughs> you already <Fred>. have. <laughs> I'm going to give. Uh, he has. I. Well, I wish. The, the, hmm? <laughs> what? Okay. I'm going to give it to the aforementioned your upcoming guest. In a way, the USGA and RNA for their rules changes. Their much needed rules changes. Uh, these rule changes that I like to refer to, and many people as common sense rule changes. Yeah. I read through these rules. And I say, thank you, God, what took us so long. These are the type of common sense things that everyday golfers like you and I have been have been begging for for a long time. If I address my ball and I'm doing nothing to make it move and it moves, I should not incur a penalty. Absolutely. Um, some of them were really surprises to me, Fred, like being able to touch the sand. I couldn't believe that. Uh, I think there's a lot of rules people don't even realize that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my father actually printed them up for me. We were reading them over uh, – over Christmas time and just amazed at, at some of the rules. We were really surprised. I know you'll get into that in your upcoming episode. So good on them. They get the MVP of 2018. Let me ask you this though, Fred. Yes, sir. If there's one rule in golf that wasn't addressed that you would like to see changed, what would it be? Ooh. Um, hmm. Well, I'm thinking of that, Maddie B. You tell me which one you would like to have seen. I definitely have been saying it for years. Uh, if your ball rolls into a divot caused by another player's uh, previous shot, I think you should be able to roll it back out of the divot. I think because to me, that's I've never heard a compelling reason other than someone blankly looking at me and saying, you play the balls, it lies. You play the balls, it lies. Well, that's not an answer to me. To me, it's a man-made obstruction. Someone has hit their golf ball that wouldn't normally already be there. And, and if it's, they put and it's a, it, right now, and the, isn't that ground under repair? 
Correct. And and here's just what's not gonna officially. Happen. Mark my words. I, like and I think I've said it on this podcast before. I think I've said it on this podcast before. I want it saved for all time. Here's what's going to happen in a major tournament. Two players are going to be in sudden death or tied on the last hole. They're going to both hit 300-yard drives down the middle, and they're going to be licking their chops. One's going to roll in a terrible divot that's there from the previous days, and one's not. And it's going to cost that person a major. And everyone's going to freak out, and everyone's going to reactionary say, why do we have to play the ball out of divots? I think it's the one rule, probably the most important rule, that should have been fixed. I don't, I don't understand why we have to play out of those things caused by another player it's not like you're hitting it out of bounds. You get penalized for a good shot because a lot of those divots are where the good pros, good players put the ball, sure. i.e. right down the middle or an approach to a green. Why should I have to play out of the mark that they made? I just don't – I think I think it's unfair. And it could easily be the same guy. The guy whose ball's in the divot could be his divot. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly <laughs> right. You don't know. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying a club length. I'm saying you should just roll it back no closer to the hole. I, I, don't, I don't see why. I like it. I still can't think of anything that I would change because everything they did, it was like, okay, I'm impressed. I yeah, like it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you, some people didn't like the drop from the knee. They don't like the drop from the knee thing. Oh, yeah. Get over yourself. Right. So That's what? what I thought. It's, it's, it's easier. It's, it's then you, you know what? It's like I said to my wife the other night, I said, would you, you know, we're, it was dessert time. She goes, oh, just give me a half. I said, just take the whole, and you don't have to eat the whole thing. Why do women always like? No, I'll just take half. No, I'll just take a little bit. Just take it, and you, you, you don't understand self control. I totally understand self control. That's why I just said you eat half of it. <laughs> Boy, did I get in trouble uh, for that one, <laughs> Fred? Have I told you about Bryson DeChambeau's girlfriend by any chance? No, tell me. Oh, uh, maybe later. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's do the. Let's end with the the mad, the coveted Maddie that everybody wants. Fred, everybody every year clamors for this. I get more emails uh, about how do I get a Maddie B award every year, or how. Of course, it's the best. The second most emails is how do we shut him up? Yeah. <laughs> Who was that guy that we did? Like in the, one of the first ones, oh, you said yeah. something about a, a, a player. It was probably yeah. about a, a Ryder Cup thing, and it was a player. I know exactly, what it was. And I was going on one of my xenophobic, my feigned xenophobic, so Venus, xenophobic rants right. about America and um, Louis Oosthuizen. 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 <laughs> you ripped and somebody, I got the nastiest email from someone going, he's obviously not paying attention to the world's <laughs> tour. No, he's probably not. <laughs> love it. We love um, you, Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. Yes. Had an amazing career. Yes, yes. Despite what you thought, I was well. I was correct. I said he would he wouldn't win another major, and he hasn't since yet. But we move on, please. Uh, best worst moments of 2018. The, let's let's the end best up worst good moments. Yeah, the, 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 I'm sorry. Excuse me. The best moment of 2018 oh. and the worst moment of 2018. All the, right. The you, final. You, two where would you like matches. to start with that? Let's end on a positive note. So let's start with the worst moment of okay. 2018. It was uh, the match with Tiger oh. and Phil. Um, Did you hate it? I, I, lo I loved it in a lot of ways, but yeah. here's why it, it, it got the Maddie for the worst moment. Um, because it was, it, it was the coverage of it. And I, I got to give a shout out here to my buddy Shane Bacon, mm -hmm. who was the one bright spot. Shane, I worked with at Back Nine. I remember. Uh, I remember you talking about Shane a lot. Yes, and he's one of my dear friends, full disclosure. But he also happened to be, coincidentally, I'd slam him if he wasn't. He did the on 
course interviews with Tiger and Phil, he was the best part of the whole thing. Like those moments when he actually got to talk to them and ask them about what they were thinking were phenomenal. You didn't like the gambling lines during the match? Well, they wouldn't. First of all, they they kind of blew it on that because they weren't doing what they said they were going to do, i.e. challenging each other with prop bets. The prop bets were ridiculous and, and, and simple. They, they weren't, they weren't doing, they weren't putting any pressure on each other with the prop bets, which is what the whole spirit of it was. In other words, Tiger's got a four footer to have the hole and Phil go, Hey, 50 grand. You missed that. Um, that never happened. It was a hundred grand that one of us holes in for Eagle here yeah. from 200 yards. Like yeah. what? That's not even a prop bet, a longest drive prop bet. Like, come on. So I felt like they blew that, but the coverage was so bad. Peter Jacobson, someone, someone on golf Twitter tweeted, I will literally pay another $50 in pay-per-view for a channel that doesn't have Peter Jacobson talking right now. Cause <laughs> I, don't, I like Peter, but they blew it because when the players were actually talking, it was billed as you're going to be able to hear them talking and busting chops. The announcers talked over them the whole time. Right. Cause and they, they were saying nothing. And they never, right. And they never lowered the golfers either. So it was like literally four people talking at once. Tiger's talking to Phil or to his caddy and you're like, Ooh, what's he going to say? And then they start talking about it. Like it was a normal tournament. Well, on this approach shot, he's going to think this, and here's the flyover of this hole. It's like, no, 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 no. This isn't a PJ tour event. I would rather hear Phil. At one point, Phil started talking to his caddy, his brother. He starts going, ah, yeah. So I woke up this morning and Amy says to me, we got to get to the airport or whatever. He starts talking like a personal life story. And Peter Jacob start, Jacobson starts talking over him about his approach shot technique. I'm like, what? No, no. I want to hear Phil talk about his morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was the whole magic of it. And they just talked over the whole thing. Then the finish, it ties. Surprise, surprise. And where do they have the playoff, Fred? At the pre-sold 90-yard hole that just happened to be lit up perfectly with the sponsor's logo and the name of the event right underneath. I mean, it was just oh, so... I, I'm really? Did fixed. you really see it? That I, oh. I saw it as good planning. Just in case, we, here's how we're going to do it. They had to... Yeah, you, I think... You're, oh, you're a conspiracy I theorist. Fixed. Well, Back I don't to think the RFK fixed. tapes. <laughs> I do think it's, A, a huge coincidence that it ended up on that 90-yard hole that they had planned on. Eight and times. I do think that... <laughs> yes, and I do think that somebody had a conversation with somebody and said something to the effect of, again, not fixed, but, hey, you know, if it did go to a sudden death, that's good for everybody because it lasts longer. It builds. We got the logo right there. It's all pre set up. It's all lit up. If it's nighttime, you know what I mean? It just So that just seemed to me. And it's kind of a bizarre ending. Um, no smack talk. They weren't mm-hmm. talking smack. I think they mm-hmm. don't like each other enough to smack talk. I think, oh, although they're less names, if you had like a, if you had Jordan Spieth and 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 uh, Justin Thomas, they would be going. You're going to choke that. You're going to choke that because right. they're friends. They you know right, what I mean? right, right. Okay, yeah, good call. Tiger, Tiger and Phil are being almost too respectful and polite mm. to each other. So we lost a lot of that. So I, I my, one of my favorite parts of, of that of the match was Charles Barkley. Yeah, he was funny, but I'm get, yeah, like him and 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 uh, who else is Samuel, there? It was like a, Samuel Jackson. Sam Jackson. I'm like, is this a Tarantino sketch? No, Tarantino it was a commercial. I mean, those guys were on that commercial together. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So it just it, it, too it, contrived I, you know, for you. It was all the coverage that ruined it for me. Yeah, oh, it was wow. the coverage that ruined. It. I thought it was pretty entertaining. All right. At least well, at the are end. You ready for- are you ready for the best moment of 2018? The best moment of 2018. Yes, please do, Maddie B. What was the best, the best moment of the 2018 PGA Tour season? Well, Fred, it was 
the match with Tiger and Phil. I think it was simultaneously <laughs> the best and worst moment of 2018. I wow. loved it. All that being said, I didn't want to bury the lead there. All that being said, I had buddies over. I had five buddies over, and we did it. We I bought the pay-per-view, and we all bet on it, and we just had the best night. It was fun, and I think that despite all the worst moments of – it was the coverage that ruined it, but I think the fact that it happened is huge. I think it's exactly a shot in the arm that golf needed in an otherwise boring year and a Ryder Cup loss year, hmm. and there's going to be more to come. And they said they're going to actually coach teams, which will be – Amazing. So they were saying that the new iteration of this would be Tiger fields, his team, Phil fields, his team, and they go at it, which would be phenomenal. So I loved the excitement of it. The, 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 it was almost like a, a fight. One of those UFC fights. It felt like a UFC fight. And, um, I just loved it. So I hated the coverage. It ruined it in a lot, a lot of ways for me, but it was also my favorite moment of 2018 at the same time. The fact that it happened, it was the most excited about golf. I was since, you know, Saturday of the Ryder cup. When I, when it real, when I realized we weren't going to win it, I was so disappointed. I hadn't been excited about anything in golf like that in 2018 until then. So it gets my best Maddie and my worst Maddie. That's so interesting. Yeah. First time ever. Well, you know, it was, I I had no interest in watching it. I didn't care at all. And I don't remember what happened where we were, but I was by myself that day. I'm like, "Ah, okay, I'll turn it on. I'll check it. I'll just check it on my, my iPad. You know, it's like to see what's going on. So let's give the biggest oops of 2018 to pay per view. Oh. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden everybody's watching for free why because they blew it people were not being able to log in if after they paid and they said all right we're just going to open up to everyone which was the right move it wasn't yes, a pay- what, they got what, enough money 20, in the sponsorships was it 20 bucks i think i, if I remember you, you're the one who paid for it i didn't yeah i think it was only 20 bucks and i was thinking to myself what a great price for a pay-per-view i think pay-per-views in general like 20 bucks is the perfect price because uh, not to go off on a random pay-per-views, but I think it's penny wise pound foolish a little bit. Like I think way more people would pay 20 bucks to see like a fight or that match than they would 50 or a hundred bucks to see a fight or that match. So I think that's like right in the pocket. Cause I probably wouldn't have got as big a golf fan as I am, as you know, uh, if it was a hundred bucks, mm, I probably would have got it anyway. But people who are on the periphery, <laughs> well, wouldn't you had all your buddies over. They can did. each put in t- a ten or a twenty. Yeah, you're fine that way. So, now, yeah. would you like to see the match on a NBA court, say Durant and LeBron? Would you watch something like that? Would you? See, can you see this translating to other sports where they mic them? I, I, absolutely. I not. guess I NBA. Think, you know, a, other than you can't do it in football, you can't idea. do it in baseball unless you do like play a game of over the line. But that's just all star yeah, game. It'd be crap. like a, a yeah. skills challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's, yeah. So I think that um, I think an on, an NBA one on one. That's pretty good. Off season pay per view. I would watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the smack talk. The sma- exactly the smack talk on that. You have to go pay per view yeah. because it would just let them go. Just let him go. It's it exciting. Be... Yeah, that's, maybe that's what they were thinking, too. I'm sure mm-hmm. Phil and Tiger are both shrewd businessmen. Well, you know, and then the other thing that I brought up about the gambling that was, you know, the gambling lines, it wasn't the, the, the gambling lines that I was thinking about Phil and Tiger. It was what they were saying, okay, this shot's a four to one. And it, I think that's going to be a lot going on in sports now that Vegas is kind of being embraced by pro sports. I think that you're going to start seeing a lot of that. Um, you know, I mean, fantasy sports is definitely 
made that happen, and people want yeah. to know, and people are gambling on sports. That's how the NFL is so successful. I think it's because of gambling. Absolutely. So it's a huge audience. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Mess. Oh, you mean you didn't want to watch uh, Tampa Bay play Jacksonville, Fred, with no money on it? <laughs> no. No. I, I actually started paying attention because the playoffs started. Now I'm paying attention to the NFL season. Other than that, I really didn't care. There you go. Because I have two teams I don't know what I'm going to do like, when, when Brady and Belichick are done. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You're going to have to find a new sport. Oh, I'm yes, sorry. So. so are we going to uh, uh, now, we'll just call the predictions now, since we brought up the NBA, Celtics Warriors this year, finals? Hmm? Well, this Boston Celtics Bay team, Area, are we going? Uh... The Celtics team has to has to get themselves together a little bit. Um, so do the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a long season, and the, yeah. you know, <clears throat> it probably should be those two teams. You know, but, but Toronto's know, making Celtics, an awfully good play for it. Yeah, they are. Um, and you know, the other night, Gordon Hayward finally looked like Gordon Hayward. And now he had had a 33 point game or something a few weeks ago, yeah. but I watched that game and he still didn't look like Gordon Hayward. Right. You know, he was, he's even like blotchy, like he's tired, you know? And, and, uh, the other night with Kyrie out on the road, he looked like Gordon Hayward uh. and, um, he was, he was moving like right and correctly. So I think those things are just starting to fall into place. Perfect Do you know timing. what I mean? Hey, you yeah. bring it up. You know, that's the thing. Everyone talks about what a long season the NBA season is and that, you know, you, you just, all you have to do is get to the playoffs, then you turn it up. And that's what people are like, don't worry about the Warriors. They're going to be fine. It's like, yeah, but they went 13 right. and 12 over 25 games. That's, they looked pretty yeah. m- mediocre. Yeah. They just look like another yeah. basketball team. Not the, uh, not the juggernaut that we've, I've been watching the last four right. years. Yeah, it's like at what point do you start to worry, you know? Do you, at what point do you say maybe it's more than them just chilling before the playoffs, you know? And do you want to get in a situation where you're like a two seed or something, you know, and lose home court or whatever? Because that in the NBA is really valuable. So, yeah, hey, now's the time both teams have to Chris Paul didn't get injured in Game 7 last year against Houston. Warriors yeah. eh, probably wouldn't have made Oops. it to the finals. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, well, Matty B, thank you so much for this. I, I just find it to be, I, I literally look forward to this for months, <laughs> as you know, you because too. I've been emailing you since September going, are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to be, and it's like, Maddie's not answering. Maddie oh. B, are you still there? Do I have the right email address? Come on, Matty B. <laughs> but you're such a busy Let's guy, just... and I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm holding you up. I know that you have to get to work. Um, dude, happy new year. My best happy. to you and your family and just uh keep buying new shoes for max because <laughs> that kid's you got it uh, he keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger it is so great to see uh thank Thanks, you buddy. fred and uh i love you buddy and to all the golf smarter listeners happy new year i hope 2019 brings you everything you ever wanted and the new rule changes work for you and you have a great season out on the golf course and at home too well i hope that was as much fun for you as it was for me and if you were insulted by any of it, I'm really sorry. But I just, you know, we have to let it happen once in a while. We have to be perfect always. <laughs> Not in golf, that's for sure. And as I mentioned earlier, the next two episodes are all about the rule changes that have just taken effect for 2019. Our guest will be Joe Foley of the USGA Rules Committee. Don't forget to go to tgw.com slash golfsmarter for 20% off apparel with the coupon code golfsmarter at checkout. The exclusive Golf Smarter 20% off apparel sale ends February 5th, 2019 
at 11.59 p.m. Central Time. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or complaints, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GolfSmarter, or click on the Hey Fred button at GolfSmarter.com. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mammals at ModernMammals.com, where you get 10% off when you use the code GOLFSMARTER. Now, if you were to ask me what my greatest asset was, you may be surprised that I wouldn't take more than a blink of an eye to tell you that it was my hair. Every barber I've had in my life raves about my hair, and even today, I get jealous comments because I still have a full head of healthy hair. Well, that's why I'm so happy that we have Modern Mammals showing their support for the Golf Smarter community. Modern Mammals' goal is to keep your hair and head natural. That means they don't distort your pH balance and natural oils like normal shampoos would. And unlike shampoos, the products from Modern Mammals don't have harsh detergents that suds up and dry out your hair and head. And unlike conditioners, they don't leave your hair limp and frizzy. Instead, they lightly clean your hair and scalp, cleansing hair while protecting its strength and texture. And their products are designed to make your hair feel thicker. So go to ModernMammals.com and use the code GOLFSMARTER. That's one word, GOLFSMARTER, for 10% off. That's ModernMammals.com. And use that GOLFSMARTER checkout code for 10% so they know that we sent you. And there's a link in our show notes to go directly to the GOLFSMARTER landing page. ModernMammals.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.